Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it! That's really it! And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. The martini glass is one of the most iconic designs in barware, and maybe one of the most iconic designs of anything ever. Its sloped sides, wide rim, spindly stem, and round base are immediately recognizable. Of course, you can drink anything at all out of it if you want to. And hey, note here, please drink responsibly. Um, but for almost a hundred years, the proper cocktail to serve in it has been the martini. That's actually 40 years into the martini cocktail's history. The drink predates the glass. The martini cocktail has been around in various forms since at least the 1880s, though the circumstances of its invention are murky. There are at least four competing origin stories about the name and ingredients. That is, a combination of gin and vermouth, with or without other stuff, like a splash of orange bitters or olive brine, or a garnish like an olive or a twist of lemon zest. A story published in the New York Times in 1904 claimed that a local judge by the name of Randolph Martin came up with the drink. Another story goes that a gold miner in Martinez, California, asked a bartender for something special to celebrate a big find, 
The addition of the olive is sometimes attributed to a Syrian expat by the name of Martini, who opened a bar in Paris and brought olives from home. Though it's perhaps most likely that multiple people were independently making and refining similar cocktails around the same time, and the name comes from the popular Italian vermouth brand Martini and Rossi. The Martini glass, on the other hand, comes solidly from the 1920s and the height of the Art Deco movement. It may have made its debut at the 1925 International Exhibition in Paris. Uh, Art Deco was the theme of the expo that year. The Martini glass was a sort of update to the Champagne Coupe, which has a similar rounded base and delicate stem, but a perhaps more forgiving, shallow, rounded bowl. Martinis and other cocktails like it were served in coupes for decades before the new angular glass arrived on the scene. But by the 1930s, this new glass design was firmly associated with the martini cocktail, a clean design for a clean drink. The martini's simplicity and its glass's design made it a symbol of the modern American urbanite. By the 1940s and 50s, with the rise of mid-century modern design, the lip of the martini glass would grow wider and the stem longer. And through industrialization, this glassware became available for home use by the middle class. The martini and its glass, partially through the enthusiasm of folks like Franklin Roosevelt, became symbols of power and modernity. Another New York Times article from 1958 called it the symbol of our civilization. The 1950s, by the way, is when vodka entered the martini picture. It had probably made its way into the cocktail before then, but the 50s were when the popularity of vodka skyrocketed in the U.S. And by the 1970s, vodka martinis had started to outsell gin martinis. Anyway, the distinctive shape of the martini glass truly serves one purpose, to look amazing. There are some side benefits of this good-looking glass, though. The stem is longer than you'll find on most coupes or wine glasses, which keeps the heat of your hand far away from the drink itself. This is important because, whether shaken or stirred with ice, martinis are served straight up, that is, with no ice in the glass. So keeping the heat of your hand away from the drink will help it stay colder longer. A side note here, People like to argue about whether it's more appropriate to shake or stir a martini with ice in order to chill it, probably because of that James Bond line, which first appeared in Dr. No in 1958. A medium dry martini, lemon peel, shake and not stir. Vodka? Of course. Scientifically speaking, the act of shaking ice with gin or a good vermouth can water them down too much, break up the silky texture, and make some of the delicate aroma and flavor molecules start to dissipate before you get a chance to enjoy them. No less than MIT researchers have stated that, according to science, the best way to mix a gin martini is by stirring. But back to that glass. The wide open rim of a martini glass also allows more of the drink to come into contact with the air so it can breathe, allowing those flavors to open up and reach your face. Many other cocktail and wine glasses curve in at the rim at least a little, reducing that effect. There's also a rumor floating that back during Prohibition, it was easier to toss the contents of a martini glass during raids on speakeasies. 
I'm not sure whether that holds up scientifically, but for sure, the propensity of martini glasses to lead to accidental spills is one reason why they've fallen somewhat out of favor with bartenders, beautiful though these glasses may be. Today's episode is based on the article, The Straight Up History of the Iconic Martini Glass on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Kristen Hall Geisler. To learn more about the martini cocktail, check out my other podcast, Savor. We did a whole episode called Cocktail Hour, The Martini. And BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Like you, Jonah, who's a music person and also a mental health counselor. And you, Vanessa, who is an actress, comedian, and I think you even wrote a children's book. Wow. I sure did. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it. That's really it. And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. Plus legendary sisters Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. You would pull the bag out and then we would eat the... Eat all the leftover the leftover chocolate chips, which was a lot. Then you'd roll the oh, barrel up so to fun. up the hill, and then one of us would get inside the barrel, and they'd push you down. And we've also had an amazing guests like Mike the Miz, Jason Isbell, Carrie Brownstein, and Corin Tucker of Slater Kinney, and many more. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations. You played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.